Welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. I'm Rachel, and this podcast is where you'll find the space to clear your head and calm your heart. I'm so glad you're here. Make yourself at home. Well, hey there, and welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast. I'm Rachel, and today I have my beautiful new friend, Natasha Smith. Natasha, it's so great to have you. Thank you so much, Rachel. I'm so excited to be sitting with you today. Well, of course, today would be the day that my neighbors would choose to have their weed eating done early in the morning. So I'm hoping that we don't have a huge buzz, but I am so grateful. Our hearts were kind of united through our agent, Mary DeMuth. Mm-hmm. And I am just so grateful to be introduced to your huge heart for women, for men, for people who have experienced loss. We're both women who have dealt firsthand with a lot of grief. And I'm not one to beat around the bush here <laughs> on the podcast. So I just wanted to ask you to introduce yourself a little bit and then tell us, why do you think walking through sorrow is so difficult in this world today? Yes. So thanks again for having me, Rachel. I am Natasha Smith. I'm a wife of a mom, homeschool mom. (laughs) Um, We live in North Carolina, first time author, soon to be. And yeah, so I think it, and we serve at our church. Um, we love our local church, um, serving our church and we, um, yeah, just looking forward to this conversation. But I think that it's hard to deal firsthand with grief and it feels so lonely because I believe we believe and have this deep sense that no one, no, no matter how acquainted with grief, that they can feel and really deeply understand how we feel. Right, with, right. You know, with the loss that we have experienced. And so I, I really feel that's kind of what makes it feel like more of a lonely, a lonely place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every loss is unique. Yeah. You, you talk about that in your beautiful new book that's about to release. And, and I believe when this podcast airs, the book will be available. So I can't wait to share it with people. The title is, Can You Just Sit With Me? And it's such an intriguing title because grief is one of those things where you can't run away from it. Yeah. Where have you encountered grief, though, that maybe hasn't been, quote unquote, normal? I think in our minds, we automatically think, oh, someone died. Mm -hmm. And while that is extreme grief and loss when we experience the death of a loved one or friend, there are so many other kinds of grief that sometimes we fail to recognize. Mm-hmm. That's such a good, a good question and, and thought for me personally, I have several of those. One would be the, I'll say the loss of career. Mm. I, I was an engineer and I was in my field for over 12 plus years and I'm, I made the decision to homeschool. And so, you know, when you think about grief again, as you mentioned, we think about, you know, the loss of a loved one or the death of someone. But in the same sense, it was a death of a dream, really. Like I literally, I love my job. I really, you know, saw myself as the years went by. I, I was continually continuing to climb that corporate ladder and that's what I wanted to do. 
but I had felt such a call to homeschool, but I grieved that. Like I grieved leaving, but that was my choice. So someone can look at me and say, you, you did that. (laughs) You did that to yourself. And so those are the type of losses that we can kind of say are kind of disenfranchised or an invisible grief. Those who that would be deemed by society or others around us is like, you know, that's not really worthy to be grieved. And so another one for myself would be um, when I placed my child, my baby um, into adoptive care. And this is in my teen years. So I was a senior in high school. And so that's something that, you know, just seeing me or if you didn't know me, you didn't know that I would I'm actively grieving that like every day. And so, again, it's one of those things where someone would say, well, you did that. You made the decision to place your child into adoptive care. So you don't deserve to grieve that. But it's it's totally untrue. Every loss is worthy of the space and grace to grieve. Okay. And so yeah. say that one more time, Natasha, because I feel like people really need to hear that. Yeah. So every loss is worthy of the space and grace to grieve, no matter what it is. That's so good. I love that so much because all of us have burdens and we carry things with us, either that we've done, we've said, or that have happened to us that we're grieving. And if we see people as Jesus sees them, then we know that that's the case. But I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in our own grief, the enemy causes us to isolate ourselves and makes us think that we are the only ones. And so it becomes a lonely journey. Yeah, really lonely journey. There is this myth, though, that a lot of people throw out there. I found that it's more people who have never gone through anything hard um, that say this, but it's like, well, you just need to get over it. You just need to get over it. And it's like, man, you have a substitute, a healthy substitute for that phrase of you just need to get over it. Because when I hear someone say that, I think, wow, you've just not been through it. If that's your thought. First, you're absolutely right. That is my exact first thoughts as well. I'm like, you have, you must not have, thankfully, you must have not experienced uh, something hard. But yeah, so a phrase that I would use in, in place of that would be, it takes time and space to grieve well and just mm-hmm. to grieve. Um, there's no, you know, just getting over it. There's so many things that we have to work on and be able to work through through um and so it's yeah so to just to switch out those words from over to through would be even more helpful Mm, i love that i love that and i think we also have to come to the realization that there are some things on this planet Mm. we will take to our grave with us so true just we're human Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. We're human. We are not capable of always driving through to the mm-hmm. end of something. Some things, it's the other side of eternity. 
yes. where we will find the resolution and the healing and and the blessing. I think we have to be okay with that. I love that instead of going, getting over, getting through, that can be a powerful thought, I think, for many people listening today. We all have had patterns of behavior from our family heritage, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some of us know it's obvious that some behaviors and some patterns are unhealthy, but specifically in regards to grief, I'm not sure that we always think through the fact that maybe my parents didn't grieve in the most healthy manner. Maybe they didn't know how to, or they just followed the previous uh, examples and role models that they had, their parents, people in their community. And so understanding how to grieve in a healthy manner, I think is, it's a subject that's really near and dear to my heart. I think when I lost my daughter, you would have thought that I would be prepared because from the time that she was four, she was diagnosed with this terminal disease. So you would think that when you get to the 21, 22 year mark, you're going, I know we're on borrowed time Mm -hmm. and your mind would have adjusted through those years, but there is still an element of shock Mm -hmm. and reality to losing uh, a loved one. And I had to take about six months where I put a lot of things on autopilot Yeah, didn't engage with those things. So I think processing grief from my, my family, I don't know that I saw a lot of strong examples of that because my parents lost their parents Mm -hmm. when I was really young. So people who were intimately close to them, I didn't see how they did grieve. I didn't really have an example, but I would love for you to share, you know, maybe some listening have had a healthy heritage of processing grief and others have had unhealthy role models in coping with sorrow and loss. And so what do you think is the first step to um, combating those strong behaviors that bind us, that cause us not to grieve healthily? Like one, I think is stuffing. Yes stuff it down. Yes. No, that's not healthy. So what do you think is the first step to moving the needle on those behaviors? Mm-hmm. One, I'd like to put in a shameless plug for my book. <laughs> I'm finding good resources on loss mm-hmm. and grief because I mean, seriously, before I started writing and doing the research, I was, I'm, I'm in this category, right? I, I don't know how to I know what to do. I've sat with, I sat with grief for 30 years and I I did all the things like number one, what you named stuffed it, Mm. (laughs) tried to ignore it, push it to the side because I didn't know what to do with it. And it was not modeled for me. And so as I began to do some of the research and do what I now know as grief work, you know, kind of processing things and thinking about the loss and how I feel about it and, you know, how it's informed like my life, my whole life, my every area is touched in some way. So having a resource or a tool to to get you started to say, um, because it gives us an awareness, it gives us a language that you don't, you know, I didn't even realize the, just the grief language, like words that I can put to how I'm feeling. Yes. um, Cause I felt a lot of ways misunderstood. And then I'm like, okay, you know, 
I started just to connect the dots because I had um, the research, you know, so having a resource that has, you know, some type of research to kind of map out what what's going on in inside of you. And so, you know, just kind of starting there and then being able to recognize like, okay, like for me personally, my, my parents grieved, like they gave themselves permission to grieve, like when the person died. And then there was like, you know, the space of time where what we call we had visitation at our home or um, at a relative's home where a family would come in and kind of talk about disease, share stories and then their funeral. But after their funeral, there was no nothing else like no short, no story shared or any anything of that sort. And so I kind of modeled that, you know, like if something happened, you know, I have a few days to grieve. But then what do I do after that? So I didn't really have a, a model as either. Um, and so just starting with um, some type of resource that gives you an awareness and the language to it starts to begin to express how are you feeling on the inside? Right, right. That's so good. I for about the first six months, I found myself unable to read. Mm. And so I just want to encourage you if you're if you're in an early part and you yeah. pick up something to read it. My focus was, I, I had no focus. Yeah. I, it actually, I'm on year four after losing yeah. my daughter. And then there have been other, um, I lost my dad actually on Sunday will be um, one year since I lost my dad. And then my husband lost his dad four months later. So my father-in-law, so both of us lost our dads within the last year. Yeah. And I think when you have double whammies when yes. you have a roller coaster of losses it is really challenging to separate yes. your feelings and it's really challenging to focus you get such yes. a foggy brain mm-hmm. so there are other ways though i think once you get your hand on the resource i would just encourage you to do little bites at a time yes just read a couple pages read the first chapter and then set it aside and come back to it yeah. when you're ready Another thing I think can be helpful is if you have someone is also grieving that you can sort of partner with. Mm -hmm. I think that it sounds strange, but God blessed my husband and I in the fact that our dads died four months apart from each other because we were grieving together and we could process it together and we can talk through things together just last night in small group. My husband was sharing some of his thoughts regarding death and how we perceive Mm -hmm. that process and the loss. I love that you say that a strong first step is getting resources and attaching a language. I think that that's very important for our listeners to hear. And then I just want to know what really compelled you Mm -hmm. to write this book, because I've interviewed you up to this point as someone who is an authority on the subject, but because of what you've gone through, but I, we haven't really told our listeners uh, any of your stories. So I'd love for you to share that with them right now. Yes. I didn't intend to write this book. It's never been on my radar to, to write a book, but I sat with grief, as I mentioned earlier, for 30 plus years, you know, having that first loss in my 10 years, And just from there, just a succession of losses, the loss of my oldest sister, my next to the oldest sister, my dad, 
the murder of my nephew, um, it's, it just kept coming. <laughs> And so, and as I mentioned, I just didn't feel like I had a safe place to share. Like I felt like this is so much. Um, and even, I mean, I was a Christian at the time and I still feel like, felt like it was so much, but I didn't feel safe to even share it with my Christian family or friends mm-hmm. because I felt like it would be an indication like my faith is weak, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I stuffed a lot of it, but 2020 came and it was such a pivotal turning point for me because what I was ex- seeing in, co- in our world globally, like all the, the pandemic and so much dying and death and darkness, basically 2020 could be summed up as with all the racial violence. And, um, it was a political year. So there was a lot of division in the church. And I said, Oh my gosh, this feels like how I feel on the inside. <laughs> like I felt like I was about to burst. And so I started writing about just grief and sharing little bits of my story online. And it began to resonate with others. And I was finding that I was getting some healing from it myself. And so that's what really compelled me to write it. I was like, so many years I felt alone and misunderstood and even abandoned. And I was like, if I can help someone else not to feel this way, then yeah, I'll I'll write it. (laughs) That's so beautiful. And I think that in 2020, what happened to many of us is we we had to sit with ourselves. Uh, Yeah. We had to sit with ourselves because there was nothing else we could do. And the reality of who we are as people, I think was a harsh reality for some people. So finding a way to healthily walk through that with journaling, with writing, I think that that can be a huge catalyst for people. I'm such a huge proponent of journaling for that reason. In your thoughts, then, who is this book really for, in your opinion, because of your path that you've taken and where you are now? Who is this book for? Yeah, so it's absolutely for the grief, someone who is grieving, who feels misunderstood or alone in their grief. Um, those who don't have the words or the language or even the understanding of like, what is really happening to me? Am I okay? Yes, you're okay. You're normal. It's mm. grief, grief oh, is hard, so you know, because yeah. um, there were times when I thought I was losing it and it, I, I found out I was absolutely normal. <laughs> yes, I appreciate that. Oh, man, that's such a good word right there. I ask my husband sometimes after my daughter died, am I going crazy? Because my mind was just such a hot mess. Yeah. I thought I'm on, on, I'm on the fringe of schizophrenia here. And I would say that there are a couple of pieces to that with the resource, saturating yourself with God's word, with prayer, Mm -hmm. with the spirit, making sure that you're open to what God has for you. Some people, I think, stiff arm God when grieving. And if I could encourage you to run to him rather than away from him. Absolutely. That definitely um, is helpful. Just want would love for our listeners to know that they're not crazy. They are normal and that you're affirming this in them. And then Natasha, did you embrace counseling at any point in your journey? That's a great question. I'm so glad you brought that up. Not until I finished my book, 
Wow. Yeah. And, And then the reality of the depth of everything that you had written gave you that opportunity to see that counseling was a strong next step for you. Yes, absolutely. I love, I love the way you put that. Yep. And, and don't you think that people have to be, you have to be ready. You cannot force that on someone. You have to be willing to have done maybe a little bit of the hard work on your own to get to the place to where you are ready to dive a little deeper into receiving outside help to deal with the grief and the trauma and the loss and the sorrow. Is there anything else that you would like to tell our listeners before we share with them where they can best find you and find this beautiful resource that you guys are going to love? I love the cover because it's blue and gold and I love (laughs) blue. My whole house is blue, but then the little gold flecks are like this sparkle of joy Mm -hmm. in the midst of grief. And I always tell our listeners, I really believe when we learn to hold the joy and the grief together in the same hands, rather than keeping one here and one here, because society makes us think that we can't be joyful and grieving at the same time. Yes, we absolutely can. And actually, I have I, I say the word mush, we when we mush our grief and sorrow together with the joy, that is when those emotions become the most true, the most pure, and we experience life to the full as God intended it. So where can our listeners best find you, Natasha? Yes. First of all, I loved everything you just said. (laughs) So Uh good. Um, But they can find me across social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at I'm Natasha Smith. That's I am. And then Natasha Smith spelled out. Awesome. So I will provide the links to those and especially to your beautiful new book. Can you just sit with me? Thank you so much for being with me today and for sharing with our listeners your hard earned story and your your beautiful principles that you are encouraging all of us to embrace in places of sorrow. Thank you so much. Thank Such you for listening to, to the Untangling time. Life podcast with Rachel Wojo. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to subscribe. For show notes and free resources, visit rachelwojo.com. See you again soon. want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of the local church. Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com.